I can feel guilty about the past, apprehensive about the future, but only in the present can I act. From Toward a Psychology of Being by Abraham Maslow. The reading tonight is from Ecclesiastes. What gain have the workers from their toil? I have seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds. Yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in their toil. Go eat your food with gladness and drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has always approved what you do. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. The Word of the Lord. Hello, I'm the other Cheryl Johnson. I'm happy to be in such good company today and for this chance to talk to you. I love that we're talking about spiritual practice at House of Mercy. Some of us feel that's something missing in our lives or that we're coming up short somehow. We want something, but we don't always know how to make a spiritual practice practical. That's something I think about a lot. Specifically, I think a lot about how to get started on something we know we want or need and why we often don't. Why the concept of something that would probably feel good to us in the short term, and for sure in the long run, often feels so hard to turn from an idea into something real. I think that the main challenge around developing a spiritual practice, for those of us who don't feel like we have one, is actually pretty simple. It's that we don't start. And that can happen for a lot of reasons. But basically, I think it's because we haven't committed to the idea of practice. Why? I think it's because we're not really sure how we're supposed to spend that time. What do we do? What are other people doing? Should we be doing that too? For example, when we think about how spiritual people spend their time, what do we see? They're praying, they meditate, they read scripture, or maybe sing. Maybe they read scripture and then write songs about it. When I imagine someone else doing their spiritual practice, they're often alone. I wonder why that is. Some of these spiritual activities, if we've never done them before, if we've never done them on our own, can feel hard to connect to the person we think we are today. Or maybe it's that we're not sure it's the right thing or the best thing. You know, what a trap, huh? For me, it's like the idea of passion. This drives me nuts. What are you passionate about? Tell me about your passion project. Fortunately, I think this expression is becoming passe. Hopefully, like, let's unpack that idea. Passion implies one clear, strong interest an interest that's at the very core of who you are, an interest that never wavers. I envy people who have that kind of singular, unrelenting drive for something, and I don't think I'm alone when I say I don't feel pulled in only one loud and clear direction. Or maybe we've tried one of these spiritual activities and it does not work for us. 
practices from other churches or from our family's religious traditions that just didn't fit. But there's a kind of practice that's trending for the people who seem to have their spiritual act together in a way we wish we did. Meditation is a great example. I got lucky. I found apps and teachers that work for me. But even some people who are really curious to try meditation tell me they've worked their way through a lot of apps and books and happiness challenges and videos and still say that they just can't do it or that it just didn't stick. There's also an element of publicness versus privateness. Are other people going to ask me about this? or know what it is that I'm doing. Even with something as personal, as intimate as a spiritual practice, some of us still want to be doing something kinda normal, something that won't be judged or criticized, something that sounds good when a friend asks what's new. And if we're gonna do it, this spiritual practice, we want to really do it. And really doing it seems like it could take a lot of time like an hour, like every day, or more than that. The student Bible that I've had forever has these little boxes you can check as you read through every book of the Old and New Testaments. And that's so appealing to a list-checking person like me. I just think, I, I could do that. But wow, that might be good, but it also takes a really long time. And then Am I going to say that being a more spiritual person is going to take too much time? I mean, who wants to be that guy? I think when we're deciding to start something new, something we consider a practice, we kind of have it in our heads, too, that this is something we're going to do maybe forever. And that's a really, that's really a lot of time. So we don't start. We have all these, what should I be doing questions and doubts, and there aren't loud and clear answers. We don't have a lot of extra time to sit around and think about it. We don't want to do the wrong thing or something that feels awkward if somebody asks. So these questions and doubts about what to do become showstoppers. We don't start anything. And that means that the pursuit of spiritual has defeated the concept of practice. The pursuit of spiritual has defeated the concept of practice. What if we looked at this differently, in a more merciful kind of way? How about instead of feeling guilty about what we haven't done, or worrying about how to get spiritual practice right, we focus on just showing up for ourselves and for God, and act on what's possible today? And what's possible is to defend the space we need for being spiritual, commit to the practice. We can defend the space we need to be, and then trust ourselves and trust God to fill it with something meaningful. Because I don't think spiritual practice is like other kinds of practice. It's not the same kind of practice as rehearsing lines for a play, or practicing a musical instrument, or learning a new language, reflexing a different kind of disciplined muscle with a spiritual practice. It's not a performance. There's no deadline. 
There's no mastery. And it's not for anybody else. I mean, not, not directly anyway. It's for us. It's for God. So I don't think the activity is what's most important. I'm not sure that's where we should start. I think what's most important is creating the space. Time. Time for a spiritual practice? That's something we'll have to defend in this world. We're so busy. We're so easily distracted. The world is way more likely to tell us we should be liking something or consuming something than it is to encourage us to pause and quietly tend to our spiritual selves. The time feels precious. So if we're having doubts or questions about what spiritual activity is right or best, we aren't likely to defend the time for it. And then there's the question of what's the right or best amount of time for a practice. I love the idea of a full day's digital Sabbath with no screens, no technology, but I don't think I can make it happen. And I can't seem to make time for an hour of meditation either. And that's something I enjoy and understand. I mean, you know, more or less. And I'm probably not going to get up earlier in the morning or stay up late at night trying to fit one more thing into days that already feel overly full. How about instead of estimating the most time we could afford, we started small? What if we believed that a meaningful spiritual practice could be one single precious minute of a day? I have one minute. I have one minute for myself. For God, I bet I could even find seven minutes or even 15 minutes on most days. Maybe not every single day forever, but most days. And those days with a few minutes of a spiritual practice would be better than days with zero minutes. So I say, for one day, defend some number of minutes. Practice that and do anything during those minutes that feels spiritually worthy. Try prayer, listen to music, or sing. But just let yourself dabble in something that feels more like a spiritual cookie than spiritual broccoli. And if what you choose today doesn't feel right, you can choose again tomorrow. Or use those minutes to do nothing. If you don't know what to do, Commit to a small amount of time to do nothing. I don't think this would be wasted time. We so rarely get to catch our breath. Those might be the 10 or 15 minutes when you actually start getting some clarity about what really sparks your spiritual curiosity. Or maybe nothing comes to you the first day. But keep showing up. Trust yourself. Trust God. But be there paying attention, and listening. What might you miss out on if you don't? This, to me, is the practice part of spiritual practice, having faith that this intentional commitment of time will fill with something that feels right, that this might be the time when something cuts through the murk of this world and I get a glimpse of the person I'm meant to be. This feels like a different kind of investment in my relationship with God. I may not know exactly what to do, but I know how to show up. Carving out time for spiritual practice 
isn't exactly an original idea. I mean, isn't that what we're doing here today? Church? Today we showed up at a time and became part of an opportunity for some spiritual growing. We do this church thing as a community, but it can work on a personal level too. And taking personal action is what some of you know I've written about. Why we don't do something, even small things, when we know we want something better or different. And when we don't want to face the regret of missing out. This idea started when I was trying to find a way to show people that it doesn't have to be hard to do these little things. Little things that can make the world one that's just a little bit healthier, kinder, and more interesting. When I tried to describe what this world literally looked like, where people acted on what made them more of the kind of people they're meant to be, it looked a lot like a better lunch break. So hear me out. If you're a busy person and you want to be a little bit healthier, start eating two vegetables at lunch. Want to be a person who spends less time on social media? Don't look at your phone at lunch. Instead of scrolling, you can pick some aspiration, like, say, investing a little more in the spiritual part of you and give that 15 minutes of your typical 30-minute lunch break. Imagine, what if everybody did that? That can be a slightly better world. At first, the whole lunch break thing seems a little too simple to be world-changing, but it's worked for me. And maybe a better, more satisfying life might start with only 15 minutes on most days. So why not start? And if you started today with only 10 or 15 minutes of showing up for your spiritual self, whatever that means to you, then in two weeks, you will have invested more time in your spiritual practice than it takes to watch Barbie, but uh, less than to watch Oppenheimer. I say defend those minutes, show up. We can show up and give ourselves credit for making progress toward something because there isn't an answer really. There's no formula, but this is House of Mercy and we tend to prefer bespoke answers over predictable ones. My guess is that our individual answers to what does a spiritual practice look like for me will be just as compelling and surprising and quirky as each one of us. And just like what happens in this space, I believe that something quietly remarkable will happen in that space that you create for yourself. Mm -hmm.